Their first album didn't um, really like. Uh, I don't know. It's fine. It what? just didn't do anything. But that's not why we're. I thought here. it was a. Huh? Yeah, it's but it's a song by Diamond Head. It's Diamond Head. Yeah. yeah. That's all they listened to back then. Yeah, it was 1987, actually. What? I actually recognized an instrumental version of a song in a show I was watching the other day, but I mistakenly thought, because the way they played it, it made it sound like a metal song or some shit. What was it? It was It was in the TV show Discovery. Gangnam style, oddly enough. Yes, it was. It was weird. No, it was in the TV show A Discovery of Witches, and they were like oh. in the year 1590, and they were just dancing to music. And the music being played was like a weird instrumental version of if I could store time in a bottle. Oh my god! And I <laughs> wow, I freaking recognized the tune, and I'm like, wait a minute, that it, it took me a second to actually place the tune. I'm like, that sounds like that's a famous song. What are they playing? That's Jim Croce. Funny. Jim Croce. Yeah, that's hilarious. Did not see that coming. It it fits though since since they were time traveling. A little bit of surprise, Jim Croce for that. Oh, Absolutely. time in a bottle. Isn't that the song that they do in one of the X Men movies? When what's his face is like running really fast and everything's like in slow motion. Oh, and he's like running through a kitchen or something. Yeah, and he's oh like, with Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Yeah. That's what it was. I think it was time in a bottle. Anyway, uh, if you were listening, still. Uh, write in and tell us if we're right or wrong. Or I could just Google it, but I don't want to. So I'm making you guys do the work. Only nerds Write it in! <laughs> By the way, you are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 236, with our scintillating conversation. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very... Uh, who are we kidding? We're going to talk about pop culture, entertainment news, movies, music, books, Florida, whatever catches our eye. We're not going to talk about Bitcoin. Or Probably Jim Croce. Except no, we, we just did. Oops. Both of those, actually. Oh my god. Buy our new Croce coin. <laughs> It's like like a coin that you give for sex. Yeah, it does not sound good. <laughs> Poor guy. We yeah, every time we have sex, we give someone a coin with Jim Croce's face etched on it. No, 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 no. You you no you you overexplained it. You just call it a Croce coin, and let people think what they will. This coin guarantees that you enjoyed. Five minutes of pleasure with Omar. Yay. Here's your Croce coin. <laughs> I'm very tired. Please stop buying them. <laughs> <laughs> My name is May May, and I'm joined by Dong Dong. Please let that be me. And Poo Poo. Poo. <laughs> I, I really need to start looking at these names beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we're going to talk about Disney's Turning Red and the Netflix movie, The Atom Project. Okay. Um, while we are talking about those things, we're going to spoil the crap out of them because this is a review show. Uh, there will definitely what be spoilers. It? Yeah, I mean, it is some somewhat when we're not talking about Croce Coin. Um, we're going to try to avoid major twists, which I did not see The Atom Project, but I don't know that there were like major twists. So, so the episode is now called "Give Me My Croce Coin." <laughs> that works. Just Croce Coin. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. If we're talking about something you haven't seen, read, or listened to yet, use your discretion. Um, but we are known to. Once we get into it, we sometimes don't stop. So we don't want anybody to be angry or disappointed. Yeah. yeah. Episode title is really going to reach out to that, like. 70-year-old Yacht Rock tech head contingent. The demographic we strive for. Hi, Fiji. Yeah. <laughs> no, Fiji's dead Fiji, to us. come back! Fiji's dead to us at the moment. Oh, no. Aww. Zimbabwe is where it's at. What? 
The, Fiji will be back as soon as they hear about Croce coin. Yeah. What's not a surprise is we are not available in Russia anymore. <clears throat> I'm fine with it. Not because of anything I did. <laughs> it just... I, I just want happened, to be very just, clear about that. It just happened... I just happened to look, and they're where it, they have a giant map of the world, and they... Um, the more where you get downloads from it turn like the the countries are blue and we have one very gray crunch country also china which i that i kind of expected but hmm. how are we doing in north korea <laughs> are we still killing it we'll go yes <laughs> um what's in the news i have i have a, a something that could potentially be awesome as a little chunk of news, anybody else have anything? I got some sad stuff. Oh, all right. Let's start with that. Mine's happier. Okay. Um. Uh. uh well, we'll go with uh, one. We'll go something kind of cool, not sad first. Um. Dude, get the get the sad shit out. Of the, okay. That's what I was thinking. Um. So Scott Hall, you know who that is Razor Ramon. Yep. He passed away today. No shit, really. Hmm. Uh, Drugs. He. No, actually, he actually got sober. He was helped by uh, DDP shit. yoga. He got himself clean. He was in very bad shape. Um, but he definitely had the late life, you know, past, I don't know, three, four, I, I don't know exact numbers, but three, four years of being completely clean. Uh, he, fell and bro- he fell and broke his hip. Oh, no and, shit. And then uh, during the emergency surgery for it, uh, threw a clot and had three heart attacks. Oh, wow. And... Um, so this morning I woke up, and uh, it was Kevin Nash. I think was like he said they're about to ta- they're going to take him off of life support today, and that there's no one he spent more time with in his entire life um, than than Scott Hall, and you know he'll he'll miss him. Uh, so Scott Hall, I was not watching wrestling when he became big, but I did know who he was. Um, so he was Razor Ramon. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the gimmick that took because he had a few he had. He had been toiling for about eight years until the gimmick took. And he was one of the founding members of the NWO, right? Did you watch back then? I I watched when he was in WWE. I wasn't watching when he was in WCW. Okay. So I think the big deal with this, and I'm probably going to be wrong and I'm going to get yelled at by wrestling fans, but it's kind of a big deal. Uh, Hulk Hogan jumped from WWE to WCW. And... Yeah. Hulk Hogan was right after his, like, Eat Your Vitamins Kids, Red and Yellow, All-American Hero kind of thing. He jumps over to WCW, surprises the crowd by showing up, and shows up as a villain. And immediately turns heel. Yeah, which was a huge deal. And he turns heel by leg-dropping Macho Man Randy Savage in a match. Like, everyone thought he was going to come out and help Mm -hmm. Randy Savage, but he leg-drops him. And... Uh, Kevin Nash and uh, who's the other guy? I don't believe I'm not remembering. I just literally just watched the match a second ago. Um, for New World Order. Yeah, yeah. Was it uh, Steiner? Papa Pump? No, it was. Uh, wasn't Michaels? Scott Hall. Arn Anderson. No, I don't think he was NWO. Oh, duh. It was it, yeah, Scott Hall, uh, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan. That was the original three. Oh. Duh. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm brain fart. I thought you meant other than those three. <laughs> no, no, I thought no, no, you were no, looking sorry. for a fourth. So there was a, there was a match, and they were beating up on, on Savage, and Hulk Hogan came out and was <laughs> supposed to protect Savage, but it was a big deal. Um, that's when they were, they were still wearing kind of the like, original colors, and that's when the black and white NWO spray-painted beard thing for Hulk Hogan kind of came about mm-hmm. and uh, you know they were they changed wrestling for a long time with that group and they they almost put WWE out of business yep they were winning the Monday Night Wars until Stone 87 Cold Steve Austin came 87 weeks in a row or something mm-hmm. because of really? those three dudes yeah and it's probably when we were in high school yeah, then, WWE was in a bad way, and then they got Stone Cold and had the Attitude Era. And uh, anyway, so from there, uh, Scott Hall did, of course, like many other wrestlers, end up with the drug problems and other such things, arrests, things along those lines. Uh, was in a very bad way 
definitely had tremors and a lot of the things you expect, but he was, you know, then saved by DDP and helped out. DDP also has done the same thing for Jake the Snake, and uh, he's doing it for someone else. Actually, I think it is Scott Steiner or someone. There's someone else he's helping right now. So you guys mm-hmm. can do those good things with yoga and meditation. And uh, so, but Scott Hall has passed away. Also, William Hurt. Yeah. That was another little bit of news. That I didn't really know much about his other stuff, but the one that I did know him as was uh, the general from Incredible Hulk. General, what, Stryker? Jeez, uh, had you not said Stryker, I would have remembered. You're welcome. That's right. He was an incredible Hulk. I forgot. Well, he was in a, he was in other things too. He was just in he was just in uh, wasn't he in Shang Chi? Was he? Was he? There was. I don't know. Hold on. Don't make me Google him. Well, he was in the I'm Big Chill right now. Back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, movie. those were the ones that ever that that the news kept talking about. <laughs> yeah, body. I think those heat, were the ones he was nominated one. for Oscars for. Them. I thought right. he was in Kiss of the like Spider Woman. More of the the Marvel movies. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he was in a few of them, or at least small small parts in it. Well, but he played the same character in a right. couple of them. Yeah, right. yeah. He played the general. <clears throat> oh, he was in Black Widow. That's what he was in. Uh, general Ross is the name of the character. That's what I said. That is not what you said. <laughs> he was in Avengers. I think that's what he, he said. Was in, uh, he was in Endgame. He was in Infinity War. He was in Black Widow. Uh, he was in Civil Civil War. So he's been in a bunch of stuff. And shout out to uh, Kerwin in the Patreon chat room because that's how I found out about William Hurt. He's the one who po- mm-hmm. posted. Kerwin is really good. Is either good or bad about that? Where almost every celebrity death that I find out about is linked to him in some way, except for Scott Hall. Yes, that one I knew was going to happen this morning when they said he was take- being taken off life support. But wait, they're all away. linked to Kerwin. Do you think he's yes. killing these people? Probably. Oh my god! Wow. Well, you never I'm, seen. I've never together. seen it. I've never seen him not killing them. <laughs> Your logic is sound. <laughs> Actually, I've yep, seen checks it. out. <laughs> so rest in peace, William Hurt and Scott Hall. And we're sorry for Kerwin. Yeah, the Kerwin to go. <laughs> uh, his assassin uh, name. Yes. Uh, the other news is, as I mentioned, kind of kind of good stuff. Uh, and this is going to lead to a little bit of music talk. Sorry. Dolly Parton. Uh, yet another goddamn American treasure. Uh, she's up for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. And she released a note that, that she is uh, respectfully bowing out of the Rock Hall nomination. She said she does not feel like she deserves it. Interesting. So Dolly here, even though I am extremely flattered and grateful to be nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I don't feel that I've earned that right. I really do not want votes to be split because of me, so I must respectfully bow out. I do hope that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will understand and be willing to consider me again if I'm ever worthy. This has, however, inspired me to put out a hopefully great rock and roll album at some point in the future, which I have always wanted to do. My husband is a total rock and roll freak and has always encouraged me to do one. Wish I was all the nominees. Good luck. and Thank you again for the compliment. Rock on, Dolly. Oh, shit. She's awesome, so, first of all. So she just her. feels like she's a country artist and shouldn't be. Is that it? Is that what I'm getting? Yeah, I guess so. Which is weird, because there are pure country artists in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, Rock and Roll is, Cash, for you sure. know. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. I mean, I see I see country as more rock than hip-hop. And I like and I like hip-hop, but I uh, I still see country as more of an offshoot of rock than hip-hop in some ways. But I, mm, I see that. I feel like country has a lot more. Yeah, I, well, see, there's that's the thing though, is that country, country wears so many hats and blurs the line with so many different genres depending upon who's singing it. Um, there are there are country artists that blend country with hip hop. There are country artists that do that do a little bit of rock. There are country artists that blend with, and and a lot of them Alter- sound alternative, really al- alternative. But a lot of them also sound really poppy. Mm-hmm. So the country is one of those genres that I think actually 
meshes well with just about every other genre out there. But the country hip hop thing is such a weird blend and it works so well together. It really does. But I would argue that rock and roll, like country was before rock. So rock and roll came more out, more out of a jazz country type fusion. Because of the early rock stuff, if you think about it, it's a lot of it is like very rockabilly. So it's more country style than anything else. Hip hop doesn't show up until the 70s. So I would even argue that rock and roll came out of country music, not the other way around. But that's just me. And that's entirely probable. Or possible. I think that, well, I mean, there's two different paths. There's the rockabilly stuff, but then, like, the stuff we think of as, like, rock rock, the stuff that kind of went through The Who, Led Zeppelin, that really came from blues. Right, but, but it was blues mixed with other stuff. That's true. But I think I think some of the country stuff is is definitely there. I think like the early roots of it are like you even go back to. I think it's just such a fusion of stuff, and and the country was well before rock and roll, is all I'm saying. So I would argue the other way around that 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 country had had its had its part to play in the formation of rock and roll in the first place. So Dolly, you go ahead and take that. Omar now, Omar says it's fine. Just do it. You're good. But she did this so that other people can get get in. So the other nominees, and I'm going to see what you guys think, which because it'll be anywhere between five and seven. We'll just say seven. Okay. So let me know who you think should be in there. We got Beck, Pat Benatar, Kate Bush, Devo, Duran Duran, Eminem, The Eurythmics, Judas Priest, Fela Kuti, MC5, New York Dolls, Rage Against the Machine, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon, A Tribe Called Quest, and Dionne Warwick. Wow. So those are the other ones that are up. And see, there there are a number there that I just don't consider a rock either. Dionne Warwick. Yeah. For sure. Even Lionel Richie. Yeah. I mean, they're, I, I feel like they're solidly pop or rhythm or um, soul, rhythm, blues, whatever you want to call it. Um. I mean, I would say I would. I can't believe Pat Benatar is not in there already. But I was shocked about that too. Yeah, like that's agreed. Uh, she would be on my list. Uh, you probably don't know her, Rob, but uh, the MC Five absolutely should be in there for sure. Okay, because they are they they are punk. They were punk, but they were nineteen sixty nine punk. Mm-hmm. And if you ever hear the term "kick out the jams," which I'm sure you've heard, that comes directly from them. Now, is Devo? They're also kind of terrible people. <laughs> well, that's a whole other thing. Um, yeah. Devo is, yeah, Devo is just an offshoot. I mean, um, new wave, basically. It was just an offshoot okay. of other types of rock and roll, for sure. And not all of their stuff sounds like the songs that we, like, whip it. Right. Like, they is, are. is Duran Duran rock or is Duran mm-hmm. Duran pop? They're just pop, but it's pop rock. It's pop, yeah. it's just poppy music. But it's. Uh, of all of the ones that you listed, Pat Benatar would be at the top of my list. <clears throat> yeah. And I would argue for Tribe Called Quest. It's not if MC five rage against the machine and tribe called quest get in there. <laughs> I cannot hear a tribe called quest without thinking of a pimp named Slickback. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pimp named Slickback, like a tribe called quest. You got to say the whole thing. <laughs> what is that from? That was good. It's from Boondocks. That's very good. That's funny. Can I just call uh, you Slickback? Oh, man, I gotta watch Boondocks again. I love that show. Uh, Am I if, speaking to myself? <laughs> but if, if MC5 and Rage and Tribe Called Quest get in, and that jam that they do at the end is gonna be, like, oh, that's true. phenomenal. It's gonna be, like, fight the power. <laughs> those are, like, those are uh, all protest bands, for the most part. Is, are they still... What about Rage? <sighs> I'm I'm weird about rage, but they're probably. I mean, they're phenomenal musicians. I love everything about Rage except for the lead singer's voice. Hmm. That's fair, but as far as a band, I mean, they kick ass. Yeah. I mean, they're so rock. I mean, oh, yeah. come on, you know, like oh my yeah. god, <clears throat> the 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 noise they're able to put out as a three. Basically, it's a three. It's a three piece with a singer. That's All right, so here's 
our gimme five is going to be at the beginning of the episode. Who are your five? <sighs> oh, geez. Out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing? Out of, out of the choices that Greg just oh listed, who are your five? Okay, I'll, I'll say him again. Okay. Beck, Pat Benatar, Kate Bush, Devo, Duran Duran, Eminem, Eurythmics, Judas Priest, Fila Cootie, MC5, New York Dolls, Rage Against the Machine, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon, and A, Tri- a Tribe Called Quest, and Dionne Warwick. Now, first of all, knowing what they do, like... They tend to be very, like, if they're going to put in a hard rock band, they're then going to put in, like, a hippie singer from the 60s. Like, that's just kind of what they do to get as broad of a thing. Or if they put in a rapper, they're not going to do any other rappers. Like, Pearl Jam went in with Tupac kind of thing. Um, okay. But for me, I would say um, MC5, New York Dolls, uh, Pat Benatar. I'm not doing this in any order. Um, Got to do... I think Judas Priest and <sighs> this is difficult. Mm-hmm. I want to say Rage, but MC5 and Rage are very similar, just 30 years apart. Uh, Kate Bush is extraordinarily influential as well, but I did some influence. Um, I'll go, eh, I guess I'll go Rage. So it was MC5, New York Dolls, Rage, uh, Judas Priest, and what was the last one I said? Oh, and Pat Benatar. Those are my five. Omar? Oh, my gosh. I'm getting my last one. Let's see here. This is not easy. I'll give you mine because my music opinion means nothing. But uh, I've got I've got Pat Benatar. The baby shark guy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've got Justin Pat Bieber. Benatar at... At the top of the list, Pat Benatar is number one. I can't believe Pat Benatar is not in there already. I was shocked, too. Pat Benatar, uh, I'll do Judas Priest, Rage, Tribe Called Quest, MC5, and Duran Duran. Okay. <clears throat> they're all they're all very similar. Mine, I mean, if we're just doing five, you got to throw Pat Benatar in there. Um, to me, you have to have MC5 and New York Dolls. Um, there's always more of a hip-hop thing so tribe for sure and then and then as far as the metal world i mean judas priest i mean they go back a long way they, they, they did a lot yeah that's my five rob's like uh the guy that wrote the rap for the mcdonald's commercial <laughs> big mac mcdlt a quarter pounder with some cheese that shit bangs Lay man a fish a hamburger cheeseburger happy meal mcdonald's tasty golden french fries regular large mm-hmm. sizes salad chef a garden or a chicken salad oriental yeah i still holy remember. shit he yeah. knows it did you have it the the album that came in the newspaper? <laughs> I did. Sam here. And they made it all the way to the end before they effed it up, so I didn't win. <clears throat> Rob's runner up so is Brooks so and Dunn. Is that, <laughs> there you go. Is that, am I wrong? They might actually already be they, there. Actually, they might be there. They might they if any country act deserves it, it would be they're they're on the top of that list. <clears throat> so anyway. Uh, that was our impromptu Hall of Fame. Brooks. Give me five. Um, I have one quick one that is that is uh, potentially good news. This could turn out really well. Um, I just saw today that uh, so apparently there's going to be a Time Warner merger, which and apparently Omar can't say the words Time Warner merger together. Um. <clears throat> HBO Max. No one can say judicial system without sounding drunk. <laughs> Which is ironic. Because yep. <laughs> that's yep. ironic because you need to be sober to be there. Uh, so HBO Max and Discovery Plus might actually merge into one streaming service. Which would be great because HBO Max is great, but I like, you know, the Discovery stuff has a lot of cool stuff too. And I saw in one, um, I forgot which online source had a really great headline and like something along the lines of in a rare case of like (laughs) common sense (laughs) two streaming platforms will merge and so without getting too much into it there's a huge merger coming up with warner media and hopefully that's what she said bingo and then so hopefully um hbo max and discovery plus 
will actually become one thing. Um, as far, of course, uh, as far as cost goes, there's no word whether. Um, I love Costco. What? <laughs> there's no word whether it, you know, the the price will change or stay the same or anything. But apparently, there will be an option uh, with um, no commercials or limited commercials. Uh, if if such a thing does does go through, and I want, I'm trying to be like a little cagey about it because it's gonna be very interesting to see how cyclical it is. Where it's like I don't want cable; I want to pick and choose, and then all of these companies combine and it's gonna be like, I have a new idea. It's gonna be one streaming service that has all of the channels, just It'll like cost cable. Fifty dollars. <laughs> We're back yeah. to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wish We've it come full circle. <clears throat> so. I just want to throw that My in there. My cable bill is two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> Holy shit! Is it really? Yep. Because I have all of the channels. If I want to watch Spanish pornography, I can. Right. If so, can I? Because I have the internet. <laughs> not, I don't. And it's called Google. <laughs> What is this? Google Shit, I can it? find Brazilian fart porn on Google. You've said too much, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, that is a real thing. <laughs> exactly. Very sad. Yeah. Let's move on to our topics where we're going to go from Brazilian porn to kid-friendly movies. <laughs> or, or patrons. Yeah, let's talk about them. Yeah, they like Brazilian fart porn. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you, if you Jubal. guys were listening. <laughs> <laughs> he, knows. he knows. He knows. Let's not play these games. <laughs> he knows what he yeah, did. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> he knows what he did. <laughs> Omar, you are wasting your breath. Oh, man. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, we have a bunch of patrons, and they join us on our Patreon. And doing so, in fact, if you listened last week, you got to hear them uh, make fun of Omar for his it birthday. Excellent. Yay. Yeah. Uh, so we uh, – yeah, and it's it's $5, and you get a chance to join our patron-only chat. Uh, there are higher levels where you could actually join us on certain episodes. You get to curate episodes. You get to uh, – uh, in general, if you do this, you get a chance to uh, join us on top five lists which we uh, tend to try to send out on time when we actually know what they're going to be. And uh, it's very hard, you people. We've done 236 top five lists plus more. Just saying. Uh, anyway, uh, patreon.com slash give5podcast uh, if you would like to help, and it does help the show. Moving on. What do we want to talk about first? Uh, do the uh, let's do the uh, streaming the Adam Project first because only one of us has seen that. Ooh, who did that? Who was, right. Who's who was that? That's that's me. Excellent. So this past weekend, Netflix released a Netflix movie called The Adam Project. It was released March eleventh of twenty twenty two. It's directed by Sean Levy, and it does star Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Walker Scobell, Mark Ruffalo, Jennifer Garner, Zoe Saldana, Catherine Keener, Alex Malari Jr., Braxton Bjurkin, 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 and Casper Wong. Now, the synopsis is a time-traveling pilot teams up with his younger self and his late father to come to terms with his past while saving the future. This, like a lot of Ryan Reynolds stuff that I've seen recently, this movie was just a lot of fun. Um, and I know I've said this before, but it's, I mean, it's Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds. And did somebody leave and come back? Hello? Oh, sorry. I got the notification that somebody left and came back. Um. Hello, hello. Ah. 
it, and I, I've, I know I've said this before, but it's Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds. Unstable connection. And the funny thing is, is that he's actually being matched quip for quip by a young actor in what seems to be his very first role. And upon discovering that, I was like, holy shit, is this really his first movie? This kid is really good. Yeah, it, Walker Scobell appears to be in his very first role. Um, and like I said, if if that's true, I mean, this kid is great. I'm I'm really looking forward to see what he does in the future because he matches Ryan Reynolds' energy and and his delivery very well. The movie itself, um, there's there's some fun time travel. The movie was fun enough that I didn't have time or the inclination to overanalyze the holes in the time travel plot. I'm sure they were there. There always is in time travel movies. But I didn't notice them while I was watching the movie. Which happens to be a downfall, as you guys know, of many time travel movies for me. I get... They, they draw so much attention to the rules and the the... Everything that they use to regulate how their movie runs, and then they go and like ignore them later. And it's like, why did you even draw my attention to that? Just don't say anything about it. Just let it be there, and I won't. I won't notice it. It won't be a glaring error when it when you screw it up later in the movie. And that's pretty much what this movie did. They didn't pay too much attention to the rules. They didn't lay them out. They didn't say, oh, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. This is how this works, blah, 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 blah. They didn't go into that. They just kind of used it. They used time travel as more of a background fact and kind of like kind of like a MacGuffin. I'm not sure if that's if that's the right term I'm looking for, but it, it was. It wasn't really like a focal point of the movie other than their goal in the movie was to stop time travel from being invented. So it wasn't so much the the focus of the movie as much as what was actually the end the end goal, if you will. Um so they didn't really overexplain it. They didn't focus on it. It was just kind of there. And and it worked. I I didn't get I didn't get caught up in overanalyzing a bunch of stupid rules that they laid out and then ignored. I just sat back, enjoyed the movie, watched Ryan Reynolds, watched this kid. I love Zoe Saldana. Um, watched Zoe Saldana in the movie, and they had Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo, uh, the Incredible Hulk, played Ryan Reynolds' father. That's crazy. And they went back in time. They went back in time and and met his dad, who had actually passed away. So. It, it, it had some, it had some really touching moments, um, between Ryan Reynolds and the boy and Mark Ruffalo between the boy and Jennifer Garner, who played the mom, um, love Jennifer Garner also. It, it, it was just, it was, it was really well done. It was really well written. They, they focused on the right things and ignored the right things. And it allowed the movie to flow a whole lot better. And they had a bunch of like great little one-liners between Ryan Reynolds and between the kid. Um, you know, when the kid found out that he was from the future, he was immediately going to Star Wars and asking about the lightsaber. And at one point, Ryan Reynolds pulls out this this uh, light stick or whatever that basically vaporizes people. And the kid looks at him and he's like, yeah, that's a lightsaber, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it was... It, it was great. It, it was there was there was a lot of there was a lot of great one-liners, and the kid and Ryan worked really well together. I would definitely say if you're looking for something to watch with the family, it might be a little violent for young kids, but it was definitely I think it was family friendly. Interesting. I definitely want to see it. I've heard a lot of good things. Uh, I woke up today and Josh Gad. Uh, Olaf, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? He was the, in the original Broadway showing of uh, Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. But he was congratulating Ryan Reynolds you know, on a great showing. A lot of a lot of people loved the show on Netflix. I think it hit number one. Actually, it was number one when I looked on Saturday. Nice. And uh, Josh Gad said that, you know, great work, a lot of tears. Uh, I actually heard some interesting stuff about Ryan Reynolds this weekend. Oh, really? What's that? Um, that... Apparently, 
he is as awesome as we all want. Oh, is, I love hearing that. That he is uh, as kind and he treats everyone with respect, whether they're, um, I don't know, the the person that is acting next to them or the person that's cleaning up the set or even the like new Romanian guy that shows up on your podcast randomly. Like he'd even treat that low oh, man, end that guy. The, the uh, low end person. That's some low rent shit respect. right there. Yeah, right. But not to Ryan Reynolds. Um, Wait, he hasn't met me yet. Give him a chance. And, and watching him do those scenes with Betty White was phenomenal. Yeah. And he, uh, I, I know this because he is uh, working on a sequel to another movie with someone that I know that wrote the other movie. I'll just leave it there. I don't know if it's common knowledge and I don't want to get in trouble. Interesting. You will share after we stop recording. I'm Googling it right now to see if I can share now. So you're going to hear me go mute. You guys continue talking without me. All right. Well, that, the I podcast mean, that's, is about to get really, really good for like two minutes. That's that's pretty much the the movie. I mean, I I definitely recommend watching it. Um, and Omar, I was going to tell you since you've got your since you've got your girls that you you guys could probably sit down and watch it if they enjoy you know sci-fi and it, it definitely is sci-fi. I mean, like I said, there's time travel and whatnot, but sci-fi and comedy and and quick smart alecky one-liners that I know that a lot of kids are fond of. Uh, it's common knowledge, so it is free guy too. Oh, nice! No kidding. Yeah, that is cool. The first one was great. That's awesome. <clears throat> so, and I like hearing that he's that nice guy that that I picture him as being. Yeah, that's really nice because sometimes people are so disappointing in real life. He actually would probably be my runner-up in in the celebrity I would want to sit and have a beer with. You're going to say I, sex well, with. No, I was hoping <laughs> like, you weren't going to go down that <laughs> road. <laughs> who's your Who's your other beer celebrity? My number yeah. one. Oh, without question, Terry Crews. Oh, that's good. Ooh, damn, that's good. I would love to sit and just have a beer with Terry Crews. I, that would be amazing. I wonder if he actually drinks beer. He doesn't look like. I don't think he's got like an. I don't care if he wants to drink tea. Well, I mango shit. smoothies. I'll just sit down. I feel like he's. I feel like he's the type of person that hasn't had a carb since like 1982. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I. I feel like he would be a hilarious conversationalist. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds would be good. I like that. There's a few I'd be scared of. There's like a few celebrities that like. I mean, I wouldn't like De Niro on my list, but like if I did end up in the same room with De Niro, I'd be scared to like talk to him. He comes off very, from what I've seen, just like out, you know, interviews and things. He's, he's not, he's unusual. He's an odd guy. He doesn't like the spotlight. It seems yeah. ironically, but I've also heard that, that he does <clears throat> well, Terry very nice good. things. I, for so the, I've heard some great interviews. Like, um, um, like, uh, what happened? Oh, Omar just turned into a robot. Hopefully that recorded. Um, oh, Michael Keaton. I would go. I, Michael Keaton would have to be number one for me. Nice. Okay. I think we lost Omar, didn't we? I don't know. I can hear you. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's not red anymore. He's yellow now. Okay. Cool. So I'm good. So have. A, yeah. Yes, okay. sure. So anything else to say? Go see it. It's a good movie. Well, it's at home, so yeah. going to see it. I could literally stop talking to you people and walk <laughs> downstairs and then see it. That would still be going to see it, jackass. Okay, fine. I will stay in this exact spot and just log in on my computer. There you go. Just to prove you wrong. Well, you would still have to go somewhere. You would still have to go to a site to watch it. <sighs> Fuck you. I mean, we're getting real technical. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Last but not least, turning red. So we all saw that one, right? All of us saw this movie, yeah. I believe. Yeah, I think yeah. we all did. Yeah, came out the same day as uh, as Adam Project, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, so, yep, yeah, March eleventh, two thousand twenty-two, <clears throat> uh, on Disney Plus. It's a Pixar. These Pixar movies on Disney Plus. I don't know if it's cheapening them to me. Um, because there's been so many that have just come right to there, and 
Was know. this not theatrically released? I didn't uh, look into it. It was huh. not. Like Soul, and then this one, and there's another one too. It went right to it was a Pixar one. Like I'm not discounting like the dra- Raya and the Dragon. I think which is a, I think that was a Disney one. But anyway, well, Raya Raya and the Last Dragon I think actually did come out in the theaters as well though. Oh, uh, Okay. Anyway, uh, directed by uh, Domishi, uh, man, I jumped in it with this. Uh, Rosalie Chang, Sandra O, oh, Ava Morse, Highland Park, uh, Mon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Maltrei Ramesh, Ramesh Kishman. Uh, Ramakrishnan. Okay. Ramakrishnan. Yeah. Ryan Lee. The one I got. Uh, Wai Chung Ho. Tristan. Wai Ho. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm looking at a weird angle here. And uh, Tristan Albrecht Chen. And I will stop Alaric. there. And uh, so I'll, I'll start off here. My kid was super excited about this movie. <laughs> the kid gave up on <laughs> no, no. I usually, do. I usually only do like until. Well, there's I stop there's a big one down at the bottom that you didn't mention. Oh, James Hong! I love yeah. James Hong. Yes, I love James. Yeah, he's Hong. awesome. My favorite Thai restaurant in Orlando has a giant picture of James Hong on the <laughs> really? wall, and it's autographed. And I asked if, and I asked if he had been there, and he's like, he used to come in all the time. That's cool. Which, which immediately makes it my, you know, and one of my every favorites. time I hear James Hong's voice in an animated movie, I'm like. Oh, he's having the noodle dream. Yes. <laughs> yep. I love him and that. Oh, my God. But it's so great because he's so, you you know his voice immediately. You know him right away. Yeah. yeah. He stands out like in the best possible way. It's Cassandra's father from Wayne's World 2. <laughs> That's so funny. That's right. Uh, so anyway, my kid was like super excited about this movie because. Um, <laughs> it's also low pan. <laughs> Big trouble. Yeah, yep, that's right. Now. That's my favorite. That's true. James Hong. We love so, you, James Hong. He's also 90 years old, so Rob needs to stop talking about it. Oh, him. my God. <laughs> Can you please knock on wood and then oh do the sign of the cross or something? God. Maybe light some, I don't know exactly oh, how it works, it. but light some incense on like a, a Buddha, Buddha statue or something. I don't know what. Light my farts or something. I'll start, I'll start writing the eulogy anyway. now. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so a few years ago, this is actually a little ironic because we ended up talking about the Hall of Fame, but a few years ago I went up to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, induction in Orlando or in New York, and I went to the uh, Central Park Zoo because because my kid was not with me, so I wanted to get him something. So I went to the Central Park Zoo and the little store, and I got him a little stuffed red panda, and because the little red pandas were adorable at the zoo. So Ethan has, that is one of his favorite little stuffed animals. He runs around with when he gets to bring a stuffed animal to school for like movie day or something. That's the one he picks. Um, so when there was a movie about red pandas coming out, he was super duper excited. Um, and I was wondering what he was going to think about it. Cause as you're watching it, it has some pretty deep thoughts and definitely cultural differences. Mm-hmm. I was, I, and there are some parts that I thought were personally slow and I was wondering if he was going to like it. And he actually did like it. Oh, good. Um, so, uh, what did you guys think just in general? I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was very well done. Um, Generally speaking, I I'm I was game for it. By the way, real quick, the synopsis. I don't think you did it. Oh yeah, sorry, I did miss um, that. Thirteen year old girl named Mei Lin turns into a giant red panda whenever she gets too excited. Which is that's a good and little brief synopsis. It is, and but the the story is really, uh, it to me the story is really kind of mm-hmm. about accepting who you are. And and not trying to change yourself so that you fit in. Right. Yeah. There's a little rebellion mixed in there, and that does that goes mm-hmm. a certain way. <clears throat> I I I enjoyed the movie. Um I, I like Disney movies better that have like the uh I unlike Greg, I like I like my Disney musicals. Um, I, I like when the characters, you know, break into song. I like the, the songs that they produce with these, with these Disney movies. Um, granted some, I like more than others, but, but I like, I like a lot of them. I like most of them. Um, but for a, for a Disney film that didn't really have like much of its, much of its own 
they they didn't have anything in the way of musicals. I mean, there was music, there was a score, it was in the background, it wasn't at the forefront. They didn't sing songs. And there was like a live band performance that was part of the plot, though. Right, right, right. right. Um, I I enjoyed it. A it, it was it was a solid movie. Had a great great story to it. It had a great um moral, I guess. Mm-hmm. A great point to it. And really cute. And I love the red panda. The red panda is adorable. I totally like every time you saw someone like hugging the red panda and like bearing a face in the fur. I was like, oh, I want to hug a red panda. Yeah. <laughs> of course, she was selling the ability to hug a red panda, which I won't go too far. In, down right, that path. right. I liked. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. I you liked know. the. Um, I've already said the, my piece. It's just in the opening sequence where it kind of gives you the background and gives you the setting and vibe of the movie. Um, I, I really thought there were two particular things that jumped out at me and this is just, this is nothing to do with the plot or anything, but some of the little animation things that were going on, I thought were like incredible. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where they show the dad cooking dinner and it's kind of like in slow motion, close up shots of him, like throwing diced whatever into like a frying pan. I, it looked so good. Like it looked not good. Well, tasty, I guess, mm-hmm. but it was so well done. Like it kind of blew me away. Like how it looked like some kind of top chef commercial or something. Like it was, it was amazingly done. It looked so realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was another where, uh, May, the main character is drawing on, uh, she's just drawing on a piece of paper. She's just doodling about, you know, thinking about this boy or whatever. And her, the, and the animation of her doodling was so good. I don't know why it just popped out at me. And it was just this like black and white thing on like a, on a, a, a piece of paper and her drawing and pencil on it. And it just blew me away. I was like, man, that looks really, really amazing. It just, I don't, I don't know if you guys caught that or if it really stuck out to you, but I, I thought it was, I thought it was very cool. I loved it. Um, but then you see it later on with like the fur. I thought the way that there's like the fur of the, mm-hmm of the of the panda um and then without giving away the end that other thing that happens the big thing at the end um i i thought it was well done i thought it was like it's it's it blows my mind how far the animation on this stuff has come and if you go back even to like it's crazy when you yeah go ahead it's oh, it's crazy when, when you're talking a little about the end um it's crazy when you see a concert in any movie like Hotel Transylvania 3 or this or some of the other movies where it's like the animated versions of concerts make real concerts sometimes look yeah. boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> the lights are brighter than they could possibly be. You see the the, the smoke in the light and like it, there's colors that you can't do in yeah. real life with just gels yeah. and stuff. And it's like you see this and it's like there's a part where the the shot is – like behind the stage, like above and behind the stage, looking down at the lights coming up. And it's like this ethereal stuff. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I thought it was really well done. I mean, I enjoyed it. I li- also like the style of humor. I thought it was hilarious. Um, and without, you know, without giving things away, but like the beginning sequence, um, when, again, when you're just kind of getting to know everybody, um, and they go past this door of this convenience store to see this boy. And the the way that they do it, they're mm-hmm. like crawling on the ground, but one of the girls is on a skateboard. Like it's just, it was funny and it was cute, and it was like the style, the way that they presented the humor was really. I enjoyed it. It was so Scooby Doo. Yeah, like yeah, they, that's a good way. The way to put that it. they stood on yes, top of each exactly. other. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I really liked it. Um, uh, I'm trying to stay away from giving away like major plot points, so I'm, that's why I'm keeping it light. But I, <clears throat> I will say that while. The majority of the story is about Maylin and her mother and their interaction and how overbearing her oh. mother is and and about Maylin's realization of who she is. The straight up unsung hero of this film understated and all is Dad. Dad had like two lines in the entire movie mm. and they were the strongest two lines out of anything that's true it was like holy shit he was chill 
Dad had the most poignant lines in the entire movie and said everything right with his one yeah. line. It was it's like It's actually true because whenever dad oh appeared on God. the screen, whenever dad appeared on the screen, everything calmed down. Like in my own head, like when mm-hmm. when the mom was going like a little bit over the top. Insane. Oh, she made me <laughs> yeah. so annoyed. She was so annoying. Oh. And when the dad would come on, I was like, ah, okay. I feel safe now. <laughs> yeah. Well, sorry, I cut you off. No, no, no. That was that was where I was just going with that. It was like he he did so much with just the two little lines that he had, and the animation of him just being there, and just his presence. Even though there was no like physical presence of an actor or anything, they 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 managed to animate his calming presence into the movie without any lines. I think it's interesting just with, you know, we're in, two of us are in Orlando. It's fairly multicultural. And there's there are certain jokes that, like, some of our friends will make about, like, overbearing Asian parents. They'll, like, mm-hmm. they'll make the joke. Like, we couldn't do it, but they do. So it's, like, it's funny to see it realized on TV. Or, like, you know, we have, when we have um, Hispanic friends and they make a joke about La Chancla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah being yeah. scared of it. Like, <laughs> like it's it's freaking hilarious and like when they make a joke of that you like you can hear in theaters and stuff like that the the certain groups of people laughing and i'm like i know what that is (laughs) but and like you know there's other friends that have that talk about like their their mothers being disappointed in them or not wanting to disappoint their mothers that kind of thing and i i got a very strong vibe throughout this movie of just kind of remembering some of my friends saying like talking about that kind of understanding the mom a little bit as a result Mm mm-hmm um well at uh, first sorry to interrupt at first the mom annoyed me a lot but then when you find out why she's the way she is it changes the the vibe of of her character to to me yeah true true well Uh, this good that she was still way over the top when when she found the drawings and i was like dude that's that's kind of a psycho that's what killed it for me for anybody i'd I was like, okay, she drew pictures of him, and you're gonna go yell right, at him? Right. What? I yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, the guy at a store, and on top of that, like rushing over there in the car, like the daughter couldn't be like, no, he didn't do anything, he didn't do anything, like yeah, and she said nothing. Like they obviously edited it, but in theory, that was a five minute maybe car ride where she could be like, don't yell at him, I nothing happened, I was just drawing. But it shows you the the hold. Like, didn't you didn't you have crushes when you were little, mom? But it shows the sway that she had over the daughter. Excuse me, over the daughter because she was that afraid to like say anything. I think that's what make. I think that those scenes like that early in the movie make what happens later so much more um, not shocking in a bad way, but but sh- you know shocking. You know what I mean? Not in a negative way. Does that make sense? Like, I think I think that was like part like, of the contrast of like the before and after. I did like the Legion of Anties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the big Asian they family. Yeah. They come out of nowhere. All the Anties and Grandma, <clears throat> and it's like, and just the way they appear and all that. I thought that was fun, and it was just. Uh, I'd see that movie. <laughs> oh, that would make a funny movie. Yeah. So overall, guys, what do you think? Uh, well, actually, there's a couple things. I've, I'm always interested when we have connections between two movies that we watch like week to week. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this was the uh, second one with a bunch of, of trust falling down in in a row. The Batman and then this. With a bunch of what? Trust, like the, the st- a stage getting like yeah. knocked over. Oh, okay. I was just like, that, that's kind of weird that it like, you know, that we had two scenes very similar like that um not two scenes with giant red pandas sadly <laughs> um and before and before we do kind of our final reviews um there's a little bit of like period conversation which i was actually a little surprised about yeah. cuz that's at the point where i was like okay is my kid going to understand this him being you know 9 and all he didn't but he didn't need to like i was wondering if he would like yeah, now when you say period conversation you mean you mean women's reproductive yeah, stuff yeah not the 1850s yes. Uh, yes. no Right, like oh, you got your, you got your. I forget what they call it. 
Oh yeah, she had a good way of saying it. I have never, it's, I've never that I don't think I'd ever heard before. I uh, yeah, I'd never heard it. I'd never heard it called that before, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, all right." And there was a little bit of a twist there too, because I was like, "They there was a few seconds of scene where she is a red panda in front of her family, and they're not saying anything about it." Really? And it's like when they react, yeah, and then they're, and then you kind of realize, oh, like the family knows is aware of this. Mm-hmm. I I must have not caught that. It was it was when she finally was stopped trying to hide it, and she showed them, and they were like, oh, "It happens already." Oh 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 okay, I misunderstood what you meant by that. Okay, because I because I, I turned to my wife and I was like, "Wow, they're being really casual about the fact that she's a red panda." And then it's like, "Oh, they they're not shocked because." And then of course May Lin is like, "You knew." Well, that's like Teen Wolf <laughs> yes. when he finally opens the door and the dad is a wolf too. <laughs> yeah yeah. <clears throat> well, I forgot about that movie. <laughs> Apparently not. No. Well, I mean, <laughs> I haven't thought about that right out there. <laughs> there. You go. But uh, I did enjoy it. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm not sure how watchable again it is. Like a lot of the Disney movies, I can watch at any time. Um, and that usually means my child is going to want to put it on again. So I have to see what his feelings are about that. But definitely enjoyable. Definitely, definitely worth watching. Um, I would go maybe a B plus. I know we don't really do that, but I agree with that. B plus works. Um, I I think I think that's a fair assessment. I I mean I might go just B, but it's it's still it's a solid film. It's got good writing and it's got good voice acting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, B plus is is a fair grade. There was um just another side. There's been a lot of movies recently where the the especially Disney I think. Where the villain is not a pure villain. Where a villain is a misunderstanding, or a villain is an idea, or a thought. And like not an th- actual, like, person. Yeah, that's, like, not, that's trying to do something, or, yeah, like, it could be the mom keeping someone from that. So, like, I mean, Soul kind of had that. The villain, yeah, there was, like, the, the accountant-ish guy. Like, that was kind of like that, a villain, but not really. Mm-hmm. This is kind of interesting, the way they've been sort of going down that route. And this, of course, was... You know, her having to be what her mother wants her to be, but it's still her mother, so she's not a pure villain. And I feel like, like Disney's kind of working on de-villainizing their villains. Yeah, and I kind of hope they don't do that, because, like, even, like, Frozen, kind of, they kind of felt like the villain was an afterthought, in a way, with Frozen. Like, definitely the villain we- really rears his head at the end. The first one or the second one? The, the first one, the villain kind of shows up towards the end where he becomes well, a villain. Well, I, I, I disagree with the villain being an afterthought because they spent the whole movie setting him up for the, for the traitorous act at the end where you learn why he's done everything that he's done and it makes him that much more villainous. My understanding was, though, that in Frozen, the original idea was that um, oh my gosh, I don't even remember her name anymore. The main, the one with the powers, Elsa or Anna. Elsa oh, with powers. Anna's the 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 young Elsa, sister, yeah. and Elsa's Elsa the, the ice. Apparently, thing. she was originally going to be the real, like hardcore villain. And that's why they have that scene at the beginning with those dudes cutting the ice and they're singing that song. It's a. It was a supposedly it was a uh, sort of like I guess foreshadowing about about Elsa. I don't know if that's. Mm-hmm. True, I don't remember where I read that, but that song is much darker than the rest of the movie, if I recall correctly. It's been a while since I saw it, even though I saw it a thousand times. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that they got the lyrics, we'll kill that ice whore, into a Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like a little foreshadowing. Super weird. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's hard to explain to my, when he was like three when that movie came out. Daddy, what ice whore? Don't worry about it. Oh You'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> and and foreskin? No, 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 son. That's not what they said. Yeah. I like I like the complex. Uh, yeah. I think that's I I I don't think every I agree that it seems like every they're turning like all the Disney villains into that. I don't think that should be the case all around. 
but I like the idea of like what they did with uh, yeah the you know Maleficent the, and stuff uh, like that. Like I, oh, I think that's kind of cool. It adds a little bit of depth or, to you know, circumstances. Yeah. My my biggest example is like Thanos. I know he's a bad guy and he you know killed half the universe or whatever. But I like that there's a complexity to the reason why he did it. He's not just evil. He just went about not just a, I want to burn the world. Down right. Kind of he thing. just he 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 had a very good reason and he went about it in the worst possible way. But his his thought process his 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 reasoning his reason you could see where he was yeah, coming from 100 again uh jubles not just to burn the word down kind of correct guy. Jubles. <laughs> but he knows he knows what he did so we <laughs> don't have to... <clears throat> uh okay so i think all of us yep. liked it all of us agreed. yeah but agreed i wouldn't sit down to watch it again per se Uh, I mean, I cool. might watch it again. It's definitely not one that's going to make my my replay list. Like there, there are certain Disney movies that like I'll put on in the background just to listen to while I do stuff. And really, like a really good one for that for me is Tangled. Tangled is definitely that's one solid. of them. But my my go and it was really weird for me because my go to one was one that I initially didn't like. Hmm. And I didn't like it because of the music, but it really grew on me. Chitty, and it was chitty, one... bang, bang. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> it was one that really grew on me, and and it has become my go-to movie to just put on in the background. Um, any guesses? Well, when you said grew on you, uh, I thought herpes, but then you said it was a movie, so I don't know. It's it. The, you're actually <laughs> close. Herbie? Uh, Herbie the Love Bug? No, Wait, is it is it com- is it computer animated or hand animated? Uh, computer. I I think I'm pretty sure it's computer. Yes, it's not Raya, is it? No, I don't know. I don't know. There's so many Hercules. Oh, which one? Okay, no, that's not computer animated. That's 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 definitely more hand animated. It has elements. Which one did you say? Hercules. Hercules. Oh God, I forgot about that. And I didn't like it initially because I didn't really like the gospel music. I didn't know that it fit, but it really grew on me. And I, it, it, it is one of those movies that I will just put on in the background and listen to while I do stuff. That's fair. And I do like the Hercules herpes ah, situation, ah. like Herc- mm-hmm. a, a Herculean <laughs> case of herpes. Hercules. <laughs> God, we have eight in titles so for this many. episode. <laughs> Little herpes, herpes. <laughs> you you clear your herpes by cashing in your crochet coin. Oh yes. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop this right here. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, if you want, you can review the podcast. Especially after listening <laughs> to this episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe you don't. Maybe you grade on a curve, <laughs> if possible. Uh, a Herpules curve, if you will. Yes, a, a Herpulean curve. This week we got a chance to do our Give Me Five Question of the Week. Who are your top five bands to get into the Hall of Fame this year? It was more of an impromptu question. So we didn't get a chance to incorporate our patron Alec answers the way we normally would. So here it is. Here is Alec and his top five bands that should get into the Hall of Fame this year, based on nominations. Hey, Give Me Five podcast. Uh, top five uh, list for the potential Rock and Roll Hall of Fame submission. I'll be honest and say I found this to be very difficult because my musical taste doesn't always all the way overlap with their lists, and especially I'm kind of trying to take in the understanding that even though it says Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they're trying to encompass everything. So this list is more representative of what I think they're trying to do as opposed to what my, at least overall, what my personal list would be, except for number one, Rage Against the Machine. Um, so I'm starting from number one, going backwards this time. Rage Against the Machine is one of my all-time favorite bands, and I would definitely think they should already be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, number two, Eminem. Not as huge a fan of his as other people, but he's this ver- he was his generation's version of a rock star. Uh, number three, 
It's going to sound funny, but Carly Simon, she was really big for a long time. And I guess, you know, from that standpoint, she should be in. I think the same for Lionel Richie. And I think you could argue that for Dolly Parton, although I know she doesn't want to be included on the list. Uh, so I'd say if, if that was the case, I'd probably sneak in Beck just because of what he meant to the 90s. Um, or Pat Benatar for um, for Greg, because I know that's his favorite singer of all time. And actually, she was really big in the 80s. So, uh, But my five would be the other five mentioned. Is Pat Benatar is a bonus. Um, luckily, I'm not a voter on this. All right. Hope you enjoy. Thanks. Bye. You can check us out at GiveMe5Podcast.com. You can check us out on Twitter or Instagram at GiveMe5Pod. Uh, you can email us, GiveMe5Podcast at gmail.com, where you can say terrible things about Omar. Uh, I know I do. Yeah. You can check us out on Facebook. You know, Whenever we run into cool, interesting stuff, we tend to put it on some of these places, and you can check it out and discuss things with us. Uh, or we haven't done this in a while. You can check out our store, give me five podcast.threadless.com. Lots of cool merch. Uh, we're actually, I went the entire weekend wearing all give me five podcast merch. Nice. Um, yeah, I didn't shower at all. I just wore the same shirt the whole weekend. No, uh, we're the blockbuster themed one, we're the uh, our logo, our super 80s logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so GI Joe, check. Uh, yeah, and the hoodie that because it was cold when I walked the, the dog, so I wore the hoodie on Sunday. Uh, the G.I. Joe one. So anyway, uh, give me five pod, give me five podcast.threadless.com. I believe they're running a sale right now, actually. So I, th- I think everything is like five bucks off. Ooh. Um, I'm not sure if I have to activate that, but if I do, uh, let me know and I will activate it before you buy anything because I have not activated it yet. Hell yeah. So, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, like I always say, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single man. To a time where we-